0: Welcome back to MicroKey On Air. I am Meredith Stone, head of MicroKey University, and always here for you as you're engaging in witty Host. Joining us today, as always, the visionary and founder of MicroKey On Air, also MicroKey's president, co-host with the most, Victoria Farrow. Hi, Victoria. Hey, Meredith. We do have a very special guest for you today, Charles Reed, who will help us meet our podcast goal to bring you at least two tips to increase the efficiency and profitability of your business. So let's jump in, alert the monitoring station. It's time to dispatch the key feature of today's MicroKey On Air podcast. To fully introduce Charles, I'll turn it over to Victoria.
1: Thank you, Meredith. Charles Reed, we welcome you to the show and thank you profusely for your service. Um, for our listeners, Charles is a decorated United States Marine Corps sergeant, a combat veteran of the Vietnam War. Charles is also a very experienced CPA and founded and CEO of Get Payroll, which is a fully compliant online payroll and payroll tax services for businesses of all sizes. We are so grateful to have you here as our guest, Charles.
2: My pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: As you know, we are here to discuss... Fiscal Fitness as one section of a several-part series. Charles, can you tell us a little bit about what specifically qualifies you to talk holistically um, from a business perspective, how people can become more fiscally fit in their business? And it's not just about payroll, right?
2: See, it's not. Now, I'm lucky I have a lot of advantages. I, I grew up in a business uh, we had a family business. So I started working in that when I was six years old and became interested in business and finance. I started doing things like security analysis when I was in junior high school, Did military service. I went to college, started taking business courses, got interested in accounting, really found it fascinating. I know a lot of people, <laughs> but it takes all kinds. Right. Uh, so somebody has to do it. You know, uh, I got to college, um, took a lot of courses in business and finance. My master's degree is an MBA, but it's really in taxation.
1: Okay. Because I
2: found that very, very fascinating. So I've worked in accounting I love taxes. And then went into business. I graduated and went to work for Texas Instruments and was a financial analyst for them. Uh, did other financial analysis and controllership jobs over the years. So I have a lot of experience. Then 30 plus years ago, I started my own business. Um, I got my shingle as such. We were an accounting firm on a mobile basis and we had an integrated payroll service bureau in the accounting practice. So I consulted with small businesses all the time. So we've been consulting with small businesses for over 30 years walking them through uh, not only the current recession but the last one and the one before. So I have worked very hard at getting the knowledge and the credentials to be able to represent our clients effectively and counsel them and guide them uh, through the fiscal nightmare that business and taxes can be.
1: Right. right. Really interesting. So, I mean, Stepping back a little, unpacking some of the some of the experience that you have. I didn't know that taxation was actually something that you can have a specialization in when when you um, go to school. That's really interesting.
2: You can actually get a master's in tax now, and that's effectively what I have. But I wanted it as an MBA because it looks better on paper. Wow.
1: <laughs> well, you must be a, a hoot to talk to it, part. He's the accounting CPA tax guy.
0: Um...
2: (laughs) The things I do get is I get a lot of of things from from people at parties that they don't tell other people because they say, well, you know, the IRS called me, the IRS sent me a letter. Well, I have this tax problem because I did this. And it's all kinds of fascinating things at parties. I can imagine. <laughs> You're coming
1: I can to imagine. my next party. <laughs> so, so, Charles, I guess, you know, it, people need a tax guy probably more often than not, is it is it more so because who they, like these small businesses, do they just have somebody, you know, that doesn't have an expe- enough experience that's actually preparing the taxes for them? Um, like, how do they fall into that pit hole of, okay, now I got a letter? Are they just not on time with their filings? Is it that, you know, they're getting caught with certain things that they're doing? What's like what's like the general, the general pitfalls that small businesses are running into a tax problem? Problems these days?
2: The first one is, of course, they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. So they're constantly surprised because they're not experts in it. A lot of them don't feel that they can afford to spend the money to hire an expert to advise them. Though, in most cases, that's cheap
1: Mm -hmm. because
2: it keeps you out of problems. Then businesses, small businesses, startups particularly, like to try and cut corners. Um, cash flow is so important, and they will do things that once they get established, they may not do, and that can get them into problems. Then they don't have the systems or the expertise. The, the five biggest things in creating employment tax problems. The first is accuracy, numerical accuracy. There are a huge number of of filings that just don't add, don't subtract, don't multiply. They just haven't paid attention to the numbers. Then they don't file them on time. They don't file them. They don't pay their tax deposits on time or they don't pay them. If, if they handle those five things, that's about 95% of the penalties and the letters you get are errors that you can avoid. Now, the other 5%, it's the IRS makes mistakes and you can't avoid that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The, the IRS is 100,000 people, civil servants, but they're dealing with systems sometimes
1: mm-hmm. that are out
2: of date, technology that goes back to the 1960s and a lack of budget.
1: So if it is something that, you know, is an error on their side, you still need somebody to represent you to get you out of the mess that was created because of the mistake. Is that a fair assumption?
2: Absolutely. You don't know how to do it. And also, this is something that I tell my clients, never talk to the IRS. Let me talk to them. Okay. Because you're emotionally involved in it because it's your money.
1: Mm-hmm. and
2: you will get upset and say things you shouldn't. And this brought, got brought home to me last year. The IRS screwed up on my employment taxes for my company. <laughs> and they said I owed this money, and they demanded payment of it. Well, we didn't owe it. So I called the uh, revenue agent, and uh, I explained to him that it was an error. And he gave me attitude. And I proceeded to get upset. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, Charles, Charles, don't do that. Don't Mm -hmm. do that. This isn't helping. But I couldn't help myself uh, and hung up on him. And he immediately, illegally issued a levy. Mm. It took me two weeks to get a hold of his boss because it's COVID. And I got a hold of his boss and explained the situation. I'd calmed down by then. He said, oh, no, Charles, that shouldn't have happened. We'll take care of it. Just don't worry about it. It'll all go away. And it did. But if I hadn't known who to call through that conversation, I'd have been in trouble. And we knew the rules and we knew the regulations. And if you don't know those things, my favorite analogy for that is when I grew up, Pele was the world's best soccer player.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Wonderful, wonderful athlete. But if you took him in his prime and you put him in a New York Yankees uniform at second base, he'd be lost. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Wouldn't know the game, wouldn't know the rules, pick up the ball with your hands. I mean, it would be incredible. He'd still be a great athlete. So if you have an entrepreneur who knows his business, takes care of his clients, makes money, and then the IRS hits him with a letter that he doesn't understand, he's Pele at second base.
1: That's a that is a really wonderful analogy. Um, it, it, like you said, <clears throat> having somebody with the experience, they know exactly what to do versus your emotional, you're you know, concerned about your money, you're not going to know the people to contact and what the steps are to actually get results. So very valuable information. Thank you so much for sharing that. So transitioning into, some other fiscal fitness things that are business centric. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. And can you think of the top three things that a business should do um, that you would consider that would help them to remain fiscally fit? Your top three pieces of advice with all of your experience, what would those top three things be?
2: Okay, first, a CPA that you can get along with that understands your business, your industry, and you like. Um, That way you'll talk to him because if you don't like him, if he's just just a nuisance that you have to put up with, you're not going to be open with him and not going to share with him, and you need to. So hire a CPA that you like. That's the first thing. Second thing, separate your business from your personal. Separate Mm -hmm. checking account, have separate credit cards that only have business on them and don't mix them. Don't put personal things on the company credit cards. Don't put company things on the personal credit cards. Have a separate bank account, separate credit cards, separate books, keep everything separate because when, get audited, not if, when you get audited by the feds or by the state and the state's much more likely quickly separate makes life much, much easier. They go through the credit card statement and they hit a dozen items and you have absolute backup on each one of those and the business purpose of it and what it was for and when it was for and who was involved. And after they have gone through a dozen of those, they're done. hmm but if they find two or three personal ones, they're going to go through every every bit of every credit card statement, trying to ferret out personal expenses that shouldn't be business deductions. So, if you're perfect on that, then it's much much simpler, much much easier. Number three, work on your business, not in your business. Understand that you have to have procedures and policies in place to track everything and look at it as an owner, not as an employee. This is, this is a, an entrepreneurial thing and a lot of people don't do it. They start a business to get a job, mm-hmm. uh, to make an income. But if you view your business as a business to work on it and make the business better, make the business more successful, make the business more repeatable, get growing, working on your business is far more important than actually doing the work within your business over the long term.
1: That's that's pretty amazing advice. I think, you know, as a small business owner, you get lost in the weeds, you get lost in the work. And I think that that is some really fantastic advice. All three of them um, really... It seems simplistic, you know, from a ten thousand foot perspective, but extremely impactful.
2: It, it seems real simple until you start to do it,
1: <laughs> and w- until you try to do it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, that's that's wonderful. Well, you know, we'll definitely be taking a deeper dive when um, when we are together for the webinar for the fiscal fitness webinar. When you'll be rejoining us, um, we talked a little bit about taxes, but beside having having a CPA and having somebody that you can turn to for tax advice. Any other, you know, simple tax practices, advice for tax practices that you can offer our listeners?
2: Everything, record everything, uh, make notes on everything and keep it all in a way that you can go back to it because all taxes are, is a recap of what happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, the, calculating the actual taxes due at the end is simple it's x percentage of your net profit basically uh-huh. it's getting to that net profit that's the key and how you get there is so important you you want to live in a deductible world uh-huh. and you want to make sure that all your deductions are valid and provable so when you get audited you can say okay fine here's everything what do you want to look at it sounds simple and it is but it is a lot of detail and a lot of routine. It's best to have a full set of procedures and policies and everything gets tracked and recorded and copied and filed. And that's what, you know, accountants do. That's why we're being counters. Um, Your CPA can help you set up a system that will make that easy, simple and repeatable. And then, when he puts it together at the end of the year or the end of the quarter or the end of the month, it'll be cheaper. Mm -hmm. I've had people want to do taxes and they bring me in, you know, uh, two shopping bags full of receipts. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I can, I can create a tax return from that. It's going to take me a week and I'm going to charge you my hourly fee to do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: If instead you bring me a spreadsheet summary uh, in the format I've, Showing you what to do, uh, it takes that week and cuts it down to a few hours and saves you thousands of dollars. So it's to your advantage and it's to my advantage because, frankly, I don't like going through receipts. I much prefer to work at a higher level.
1: Right. How do you feel about, you know, um, MicroKey is a big proponent of paperless offices. and we help to coach people through you know being as efficient as possible in taking advantage of digital processing, digital storage, etc. Um, does keeping all of your receipts categorized in a digital file system, um, does that give any issues if you need to, um, present this information for an audit? Is it, is there anything that people should be aware of that they should be doing if, with their digital filing for these types of documents from a tax perspective?
2: No, digital filing is far, far, far better. It's well accepted. Uh, the idea of having paper left over, uh, anymore is, is, is gone, um, I tell people that once it exceeds, their accounting exceeds a single page of a yellow pad. It needs to be computerized. Okay. Okay. If 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 you're so small and so tiny that you can do your books on one sheet of a yellow pad, you don't need a computer. Okay. In case you can see it all. But if you have to turn the page, it needs to go on the computer. We we've gotten away from paper. We used to have. We used to order paper, literally by the pallet. It's all electronic. It's all optical storage, uh, and it makes it much easier to come audit time. You can give them the file. You can print these things out. Uh, if they've got questions, you can spit it out, out of your printer at you know, 40 pages per minute and inundate them with records. So, yeah, I wouldn't go back to paper on a bet, and there's no problem in dealing with uh, states and the IRS in having digital records Sure. Sometimes you're going to have to print them out for them. Okay. But it's cheap, simple, and easy.
1: Wonderful. This has been truly. An enlightening session. I really appreciate all of this valuable information, even from a business perspective for MicroKey. I've taken a lot of notes, and I'm certainly going to share this information with our leadership team. I'm really looking forward to digging in a little deeper during the webinar, um, hearing some more of the best practices that you'll be presenting to our listeners. Um, I think in a couple of days, de- in a couple of weeks, right, Meredith?
0: Uh, Yeah, our webinar is going to be on August the 11th at 1 p.m. Central Time. Charles will be our primary analyst, and we are going to dive into even more detail than what we heard today. It's going to be awesome because you're going to hear specific step-by-step on how to make your business more fiscally fit from a tax perspective. So, Charles, I also understand that you have a special gift for listeners of this podcast. Would you please tell us about this?
2: Happy to, Meredith. I have been in the business for many, many years and found I was getting all kinds of questions from clients and potential clients, and I didn't really have anything to refer them to. So I said, I'll write something. I thought I'd just throw a a small book together and have it uh, available to answer (laughs) these questions. Well, two years later... (laughs) Uh, a, a book. At Wiley published it for me and made it a much better book by having a, a, a really high-level publishing house. I had some of the skill set that I didn't have in design and layout and uh, indexing, my God, uh, and so on. So from Wiley, uh, we published The Payroll Book. It's a guide for small businesses and startups. Uh, it's Basically, 30 years of payroll wisdom distilled down to 95,000 words. Nice. And if your listeners would like a copy of it, if they will go to thepayrollbook.com and enter the discount code podcast, we will ship them at no cost a copy of the book.
0: That is awesome. So tell us again, what's the website again?
2: payroll book.com it was available we grabbed it
0: (laughs) excellent that was good luck right there and then
2: we named it the payroll book and we went to look for it and nobody had ever put up the payroll book out there so we copyrighted the name too that was awesome
0: great (laughs) find yeah
2: we are the company that wrote the book on payroll
0: so Charles and the promo code is podcast singular singular excellent Well, that is awesome. A free book, free, it is for me, that is for sure. So thank you so much for that. Folks, we're going to have some information on the webinar, also on the blog. In addition, the information about Charles' book that he is offering to us for free on the MicroKey blog, microkey.com on the company menu. And Charles, thank you again so much for being with us. And we'll see you on August the 11th. My pleasure. It is time for micro Key in the News. Victoria, what are the latest happenings that everyone will be better off for knowing?
1: Well, there's always a tremendous amount of exciting things happening in the microkey world. But specifically, I want to mention to our listeners, if you're a microkey customer, please do keep your eyes posted on your inbox. We will be sending you the live MKU classes for the fall schedule. So we've put together a really fantastic um class schedule for both our accounting back office customers and also our monitoring customers. And we will be sending an email that has the registration links very soon. Um, We'll also put a post on social media when we do send that out. Just like a little reminder, hey, hot news, check your inbox just to make sure that you don't miss it. And if you're not the appropriate person in your organization to receive that information, please do do us a favor and pass it on. This is going to be some great value information for all MicroKey Millennium users.
0: Yes, indeed. And for our Back to Uni segment today, this is where we provide you with learning and development information for you and your staff. As the ever-changing world of technology keeps us on our toes, allow me to advise you that Office 365 will be making multi-factor authentication mandatory within the next few months. You will need to enable this along with adding an application password to several of your microkey modules. However, fear not. The great news is that MKU is creating a video series to walk you through the process quickly and easily. We'll email these video links to you when the time comes to make updates. And Victoria, guess what? This is very exciting. MicroKey Super User Spotlight today. Woohoo! Very excited. The person we are about to recognize has gone above and beyond in their knowledge and motivation to improve processes, save time, and reduce paper using MicroKey software. So congratulations to our next MicroKey Super User, and Sheehan with Bass United. Her boss, Stephanie, nominated her by saying, Anne's vast knowledge of MicroKey has proven to be invaluable to our company. She makes sure our processes are up to date and functioning efficiently with new modules or upgrades. She mentors others in MicroKey whenever she's needed. She's a team player, and we feel honored to have her on board. What a great tribute, huh?
1: Congratulations,
0: Anne. Yep, thanks for your efforts. And due to your efforts, the Bass United Company logo, as well as your information, will be featured on our MicroKey blog. Now, bosses, give your super user the recognition they deserve, because I know you have a super user on your team. Get on it and get your super user nominated by emailing their name and a description of how they use MicroKey to improve your business. Send it to my inbox at mstone at microkey.com. And your super user and your company logo will be featured on our MicroKey blog. Well, that is it for our segments today, except for the best one of all, of course. That's right. It's time for alarming humor. They're alarming because they're so corny and also because they're usually about alarms today. However, I have a fiscal joke in line with our theme. You ready for this, Victoria?
1: I am ready.
0: Okay. I lost my job at the bank on my very first day. A woman asked me to check her balance. So I pushed her over. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness, you don't promise our jokes are funny. We do promise that they're family friendly. So share this alarming humor with all your friends and family throughout the week. And spread the laughter or the groans. You'll have to tune in next podcast for another alarming humor. Humor optional. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for the third episode in our fiscal fitness podcast series. Thanks again to Charles Reed, who will be presenting in our August 11th webinar details on our blog site. As always, if you have any ideas for or questions about the podcast, email Victoria or myself, the at microkey.com or instone at microkey.com. I hope you found today's tips helpful and we will see you in the next episode. Bye everyone. Bye!